Okay, welcome everybody to the, the new and improved Cigar Lounge channel. And we have an audience of speakers getting very fancy now <laughs> in this, this new thing. So, and speaking of speakers, we have a very, very, very special guest today. Uh, she needs no introduction, um, but I will give her one. Anyway, Tammy, she has been such a huge um, supporter of, of retail traders in the options community over the last couple of years. Um, so many people have come to our community, have come to options via her presentations and the way she lays out things. Um, so we can't, we are so excited to, to have Ms. Tammy Chambers today. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, and I will tell the quick story. We um, we were, I'll, I'll never forget the day, Rusty, I went over to Rusty's house uh, because we were going to demo Option Omega to Tammy Chambliss. And it was it was one of those, we were like painfully nervous. And uh, she was one of the kindest, the kindest people I've ever, I've ever seen in my life. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, you had a great product. So not yeah. much, not much to bad to say about that. I was, I was just really impressed that uh, some zero DTE retail traders developed a tool like you guys developed. It was amazing to me. So uh, more power to you. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate it. So I feel like, you know, you you have given so many presentations and you've done so many podcasts and you're just so well known. So I don't want to belabor the point, but I would love if you're up for it. Of just mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about who Tammy Chambliss is. Who I am. Well, um, I will I'll, I'll just tell you some personal uh, bits of information that I haven't shared with other people. So you guys get something new. Um, I, I have shared in the past that I was an architect for, I think I worked for 38 years total and retired about five years ago, did mostly commercial work, uh, was a principal in a uh, architectural firm in Dallas, and we had about 100, 130 people, I think, when I left. Um, we started with about 15 people, so we, we grew that business. Um, and it was fun. I loved it. And it was a tough decision to retire. Um, I I was trading um, part time when I was working. I started trading probably around 2005, 2004, 2005. I took some courses with Optionetics, expensive courses, and I hated it. I hated I hated every time you turned around and and you wanted to like they teach you a little bit. And then, okay, well, you want to know the next bit of information? It's going to cost you $3,000. I hated that. So, so I've, I, I have always been the type, even when I was a kid in school, um, I was pretty quick to catch on. And I would always help others who maybe didn't understand it uh, or weren't as quick to catch on. So I enjoyed teaching others and kind of helping them see how to do things so that's kind of always been in my nature so i just took that and applied it to options i did the same thing when i was in business as an architect a lot of what i did was training teaching i even uh, i even was on our investment committee uh, at our office and i would uh, give seminars on 401ks and what they are and how they work and things like that so so I've in, I just enjoy sharing what I've learned, and and I I think that I have a way of sharing things that it makes it understandable. I don't try to complicate things with fancy words and fancy terms. I just keep it simple, you know, make it very approachable. And uh, things are complicated enough; no need to make it even more complicated. So. Um, so that's just always kind of been my nature to to share information, and and so I've been doing that with options. When I when when I retired, I started trading options full time and had much more time to devote to it and do a lot of back testing. I've always been a back tester, and I think that that has it's one of the things that helped me the most in my options trading was not just randomly put on trades and see how they did and lose money in the process, 
but take an idea, test it, see if it was worthy of trading with live real money and then trading it with real money and you know making those decisions before i ever risked 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 real money um and uh so i've i've always been a great back tester with whatever tools i could scrounge together and i tell you i i was starting to back test you know 10 15 years ago with some very crude tools and um it just was very difficult and almost like um like option net explorer is if you're familiar with that where you have to enter the trade and then step through the data to see how the trade performs and i've i have spent you know weeks on end running through a back test doing that you know just enter the trade step through it see how it does record it in a spreadsheet and then go on and uh, i have many memories of of being places camping trips where i was with my dad and i was back testing <laughs> he was oh, like wow. what the heck are you doing <laughs> and uh, well let me just finish this back test Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. so it's it's always been something I've enjoyed, but I I didn't have the programming skills. So, you know, I've thought about learning programming, but but um, you know, it's like a whole nother road to go down, and I just I just never got over that hurdle. So I'm very thankful to guys like you who create things like Option Omega. Uh, to be able to backtest. And and really, until you guys came along, uh, there was no backtester that used zero DTE or you could use for zero DTE strategies. So many of them were um, were built with end-of-day data. And that's just no good when you're doing a, a zero DTE strategy. I was using end-of-day data when I was trading seven days to expiration options and um even that so i'd have to look at the day after i looked at the end of the day and see is there anything that happened on that chart that would have stopped me out and you know and then record that as a loss when you know it was just a very tedious way to do it so yeah. but a little about me beyond trading just because uh I you gave me this opportunity please so. please um I I am also a metal worker and jewelry maker, and um, I I do welding. I love to learn things, so uh, I think it's what it's why I'm interested in options. I'm always learning something new, but I'm always open to learning something. And um, I took a welding course with a buddy of mine, uh, uh, learned to weld. I do, I, and the reason I did is because I was making jewelry and my pieces kept getting bigger and bigger. And I was, I was what you call soldering with uh, jewelry. It's like using brass and a soldering, not, not like uh, electronic soldering. It's using a torch but you just call it soldering when you're doing jewelry and gold and things like that. But it's the same technique. It's just bigger, a bigger flame and bigger tanks and stuff. So, so I was, I, I was doing gas uh, and, and then acetylene welding. And then I, I got an arc welder. And uh, so I do that for fun. I haven't done it in a while because I've just been so busy with options lately. And um, generally, that's that's good in the uh, spring and fall, but not so good in the summer or winter because you know I do it outside. So yeah, burn, burn your burn your head off. Yeah, Alice, I'm sure. Yeah, I like to bike ride. Um, got I got an e-bike uh, last year. Best thing ever, man. Oh, wow. That. That is great. I love it because I can take much longer rides than I could before and know that I'm not going to get exhausted, you know, yeah. by the end of it. So it, it allows me to go on some long, you know, 30 mile bike rides with pretty, pretty easily. So uh, I, I I absolutely love you. You are the type of person that's going to live till they're like 145. Because <laughs> I, I love I love that you I love when people just curiosity 
goes beyond Google. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you just go deep into something, you know, yeah. for months or years at a time. And so yeah. I love that. I want to back up a little bit. I was I was sure. thinking the course that you took that was very expensive, uh, and they were trying to get you bamboozle you a little bit from course to course. Yeah. What if you remember, do you remember kind of like in general what strategies they were running? Yeah, it was what they taught at first, and this was uh, you know, around 2004, 2005. So volatility was very low at the time. Mm -hmm. So what they the first strategy they taught was debit spreads. And so, you know, you pay three thousand dollars to learn how to do a debit spread. And then uh, then I took another course and learned credit spreads. And then uh, this was optionetics. They're not no longer around, but they were there was it back then there. You know, this is pre YouTube and pre I mean, it was basically you had to go to a book to learn options. And it was, you know, I, I didn't want to do that, but I just happened to get a mailer from them. And they had a little free seminar you could go to. And they talked about a strategy. It was basically a straddle where you buy a put and you buy a call. And if it goes up, you make money. If it goes down, you make money. I was hooked instantly. So simple. So simple. Yeah, so simple. <laughs> they didn't tell you that you got to overcome the cost of that straddle. That's but right. it seems like, hey, I can do that. So. Yeah. It's funny when I when I talk to friends about options and they don't understand them, I use that example and they it hooks them too. Oh yeah. So I have a, a friend, she was a principal, she and her husband were principal principals at, at our architectural firm. And uh, I told her about that and I she said, Well, I want to learn that. And uh, so she retired too, a little after I did, but um, so I taught her how to trade. She had never even traded before. She didn't know stocks, anything. Oh, wow. So from scratch, I taught her. She was doing my old zero DTE strategy, enter in the morning, sell Delta five, um, you know, sell the side that we're moving away from that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. um, what, and, what and okay. yeah, well, she just, she just caught on very quickly. I told her I was I don't like to teach the basics. I like to help people out. Once they have a little bit of knowledge, I'll answer their questions. So I told her that I'm not going to teach you, but I will answer any question you have. So uh, she did that and she she took the time. You know, it shows me that she's willing to take the time to learn. And then I'm willing to help you out if you're willing to take the time to learn. So yes, that worked good. So you were going to ask something. But well, I so you went down that journey and then did spreads. And then you mentioned seven days. Did you start? Did you go longer out than seven days? Or was, or was seven yeah. your first foray into it? No, I started with um, like six, 45 and 60 day options. Okay. Um, I I. I pretty quickly after I learned iron condors, because iron condors are kind of the same idea of you've got a wide area in which you can make profit. Um, I liked those kind of trades. So um, I started out with 45, 60 day options. I I would sell a um, an iron condor whenever the VIX was up 10% or more in a day. So I'd just wait for that. The VIX pops up, I'd sell an iron condor and then just collect money. And it, it worked most of the time. Occasionally I'd take a loss, and uh, but most of the time it was pretty good. And this is not using stops or anything. This is just, you know, put it on. Because at the time I, I, I hadn't figured out about using stops. So it's, you know, that, that curiosity has always kind of driven my trading like, well, what if, like, I'd take a hit or two and I go, I'd, I'd think, what, how can I avoid taking this loss? What is there that I can do to avoid the loss or mitigate the loss? And, um, and so I, I would just, that's when I would do back testing. I would just run tests and, and uh, see, see what worked and see if I could, you know, add an, add, a spread or something and and so i really i really hadn't cracked that nut yet until 
um, I was trading shorter and shorter duration. So I was doing, and I was doing a lot of other things too, in addition to iron condors, but that was one of my favorite trades. I was doing uh, calendars and I love calendars. And there used to be somebody on YouTube or on the internet that he taught double calendars. And I learned those from him. I don't think he's around anymore, mm. but um, uh, this was early, early on. And um, so I learned double calendars from him and I liked those and I was doing those for a while, you know, but still on those occasionally you'd take a hit. You'd, yep. you'd win some, you'd lose some. That was always the case. Yeah. And, and I was, you know, I like, uh, there's a guy that was an investment advisor and he was, he just would always rib me about trading options. Like, you know, what, what would he say? It was like, a great way to make a small fortune out of a large one, you know, yeah. by trading options, like you lose yeah. a bunch of money sure. <laughs> and, and, oh, it just graded on me. <laughs> I felt like the possibility was there if I could just figure it out. Yep. And so um, I just kept at it and thank goodness I did because there were so many times I was discouraged and uh, maybe he's right. Maybe you just can't make money trading options. And um, it was it was about 2017, 2018. Um, I hooked up with David's son and he and I and Bobby Gaines, and there were some others, we yeah. had this kind of think tank, and it was great. It was it was a lot of exchange of ideas, and um, he was, I was doing, uh, I'd found Tasty Trade in the meantime, so I had, I had started watching their videos and selling credit spreads, kind of their method, selling 45 days to expiration credit spreads, and and doing okay, but occasionally I'd take a big hit. And and then David's son was the one that introduced me to seven days to expiration. So I was trading about 30, 45 days to expiration. And he, he showed me that if you trade uh, seven DTE, you can make more money per day in trade over that same 30-day period with doing four trades instead of doing one trade. So that, so I started doing that and that, that was good. Thank you, David, for showing me that. And, um, Shout out to David. and then, and then, uh, he was trading seven days to expiration, both of us or all of us in that group, there were seven or eight people in that group. It was just a little messaging group, um, prior to Facebook. And, and I think we found each other through one of the early Facebook groups, um, but uh, he he kind of gathered some people together, and then, then we all started just messaging each other. Uh, sometimes it was pretty heated, but <laughs> it was fun. And oh, yeah, and uh, so I just kept trading shorter and shorter time periods, and I was doing those seven days to expiration trades, just selling. And I I started selling on RUT. I was doing iron condors on RUT as well. SPX was a little big for me at the time. SPY was a little too small. RUT was just right. So um, I was trading on that. It had enough volatility that, you know, you could get some good premium. But trading 7DTE, it would go great for a while. You'd make a lot of money. And then one week, you'd just have a overnight gap down or gap up against whichever direction you were trading. And and I'd lose a bunch of months worth of profits. And it was so frustrating. And I thought there has to be a way to protect against this. So that's when I started doing the back testing. And you know, this is back testing the old way. And that's when I realized if you trade with a stop and that that can mitigate some of those huge losses. Just don't, you know, if you use a stop, it will protect you from those losses. Now, with 7DTE, you still have overnight risk. And um, and so occasionally there would be still a big loss just due to the overnight gap. But at least during the day, you could control your risk. And then, and then, um, oh, it was around 2016 when 
uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday options on SPX started coming out. And uh, I remember when it, the only options available were monthly options. There were yeah. no other options available. Yeah. And yeah, so, so, so that's why trades were 35, 45, you know, 60, 90 days, because that's all you could do. Yeah. Well, well, when, you know, I'd heard about the weeklies and then when David Sun got me trading those, I was into those. And then uh, I was hearing about the Monday, Wednesday, Friday on SPX and I started looking into those. And and that's when I started um uh really kind of paying attention to zero DTE trades. And I was doing some other things too. Um, it was actually on the Facebook group. There was a, a woman in that group who wanted me to mentor her. And I, I really don't do mentoring. Uh, you know, I will help people out or answer questions, but I just I just I feel responsible for their results when I mentor. So I just I just can't do that. Um, so you make your own decisions. I'll help you, but uh, uh, do that. So she had heard about the zero DTE trades and they were, you know, there were a few people trading them in the Facebook group and um, and she wanted to learn what those were. Well, I was like, well, I don't know. You know, they seem like what I was hearing was people were trading them and doing well. And then like, like my experience with seven DTE, um, occasionally they'd take a big hit and lose all their profits. And so I looked at what they were doing enough, I learned enough about what they were doing so I could teach her um, that strategy. And in the process of doing that, I realized, hey, here's a strategy, zero DTE, where it's only on during the day and your stop, if you use a stop, it can protect you and so after that, it was just a matter of fine tuning where best to stop. You know, is it better to use like a 5X stop multiple or a half X stop multiple? Where, what works best? So a bunch more back testing and, and, and it was the selling Delta 5 at the open using a, a 3X stop for a 2X net loss. That was the sweet spot. And, you know, we looked at other deltas, we looked at all kinds of things. And man, when we found that, it was like pure gold. And and that trade worked so well for so long. Yeah. And it finally was one of those trades that as long as you followed the rules, and I'm very much a, you know, the when I was learning to trade, I read the book about turtle traders and mm -hmm. and I was I love that idea that you could take a high school student who knew nothing about trading just teach them when the stock does this you do this and they don't have to know what they're doing they just follow the rules it's like a trading a live trading bot and and uh so uh I uh, forgot where I was going with that but oh it's rules based it's rules based so I like that fact that that you know, a good set of rules would go a long way. So I could I could get the set of rules out there, let people learn those rules, and anybody could make the kind of money I was making on zero DTE, and it was good money. So um, it, it was great. You know, the, at the time we were dealing with the spikes in option pricing occasionally that, you know, that blow through and you take a four or five X stop instead of a two X or 2x loss and um you know so there were challenges but a whole lot less than just the whole trade going against you like it used to and uh, for sure. on other strategies yeah for sure i what's interesting to me about that I, do you have you ever heard of dan sheridan yes uh, i've never so, taken his courses but i've yes he's very well thought of i've attended yeah, seminars that he has given yeah, we've had him on to a cigar lounge. He he's he's oh good. I, I feel like he's the godfather in some ways. He's been around forever, and um, but I had breakfast with him this morning, and we were talking about zero days because he was interested. He's uh -huh. like, "Who do you have on the cigar lounge today?" And I was telling him your story a little bit, uh -huh. and he said, "What's interesting is, you know, so he knows Sosnoff and all them, and and he was saying, what's interesting is how the tides are really starting to turn. That that for yeah. so long people looked down." on zero day. and and some could argue yeah. people still look down on zero day but i i really do think 
it's a credit, you know, David, some is coming along right along with you, but I, I really yeah. do credit some of those presentations you have because I've just talked to so many traders through the years who, you know, they heard about options or, or, or maybe they had, they had a little bit of knowledge, like you're saying, but they just didn't know what to do with it because to your point yeah. about options, there's just the possibilities are limitless of what you can do. And so yeah. your, your approach was just so rule-based and and what to do and what not to do and to get out and the adjustment and things like that and um it's interesting to me now to watch uh, i think tasty trade just came out with a video someone posted a couple of days ago about zero day yeah they're um, doing a segment i'm watching it they've had two sessions it's on thursday so okay so far i am not impressed well, it's I was like gonna ask you, i haven't watched it yeah yet. oh yeah. they're talking about buying zero dte options instead of selling zero dte uh, they think okay. the only way to trade zero DTE is to buy them because of the gamma risk. And mm. you know, they're not big stop people. So right. they they have they usually manage trades rather than use stops. Well, okay, yeah, if you're gonna not use stops, then go right ahead and buy because yeah. you know that's what you need to do to protect your account. Mm -hmm. And um so they just I really want to send them a link to one of my videos and say, oh, hey, guys, get up to speed. What you're teaching is is garbage. Yeah. And and people I know people are emailing me, uh, emailing them about that, that, hey, look at look at selling them. Don't look at buying them and we'll see where they go. You know, with their yeah. research power, maybe they'll find something good. So I'm yeah. not going to poo poo it yet. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll watch it and just see how they do. Uh, I have, I have really, I have a lot of respect for Tom and Tony yep. and what they've done, and yep. you know, to offer all that great training for free, I love that. Love oh, their yeah. willingness to contribute to the option community, and you know, I think, I think uh, the retail traders are are really coming along because of. We've learned a lot from Tasty Trade. We are where we are because of Tasty Trade. So I do give them lots of credit for that. But that I think they're missing the boat on zero DTE. I think they've they've poo pooed it and said, <laughs> no, no, that it's too risky. You know, don't yeah. do it. And and now people are, you know, they they didn't want to add stops to Tasty Works because why would you need stops? We can manage. And it was the zero DTE people emailing them saying hey we need stops to trade zero dte and um and then now cboe uh i've i've been talking to cboe and there's along with i think ben uh, decker and uh kurt durbin we've all we've been having a few conversations it's been a couple of months since we talked to them last but i was i was getting concerned because i kept hearing rumors that some of the volatility we were seeing in the market was caused by zero DTE. And I wanted to find out from the source if that's true, if they thought that this is concerning, is there something about zero DTE that could uh, could foretell its demise? And uh, if so, I didn't want to lead everybody down this path. Sure. So, but I in talking to them and doing a ton of research, uh, attending a lot of seminars, as many as I can, and there's some great seminars offered, like uh, Interactive Broker, E-Trade, you know, your brokerages, TD Ameritrade, a lot of the brokerages offer additional education. Well, anyone that talks about the greater global market, um, I'm, I want to attend because I want to hear what they have to say. So, um, you know, Right now, uh, zero DTE options trading has basically doubled in the last year. And as well as all options trading has has doubled in the last three or four years from, you know, I, I had, I printed out some statistics. And in 2019, the average daily volume was 19 million contracts. And uh, in, the first two months of 2023, the average daily volume is 46 million contracts. So Holy smokes. <laughs> more than doubled. Yeah. Now, now uh, I will tell you, 
Zero DTE is only 2% of that. It is a small percentage. So uh, it, it, the great majority of the options trades are on the NASDAQ. 41 million out of that 46 million are NASDAQ uh, uh, options on you know, Apple, SPY. Oh, just the equity. Yes. Yeah, anything that you trade on NASDAQ, that's that's the majority of the options trades yeah and and so spx is about five percent of all expirations and so spx zero dte is about half of that so about two two and a half percent so it's really a tiny percentage and um what i've heard is that people say that uh, it's hedging. Like as we place trades in zero DTE, the market makers have to hedge using ES. So they're having to buy uh, ES options when we're selling uh, SPX options. And that causes, you know, as, as the fluctuations in the stock and we get stopped out, then, you know, it can affect the volatility of the market. Well, both CBOE and NASDAQ have assured me that is not possible. That it just is not. It's, they say the, if you want to see the source of the volatility, it's the news. It's the interest rates like today. It's PAL speaking. It's, yeah. it's inflation. It's the market we're in. We haven't been in a uh, bear market in what 10 or 12 years long time, and, yeah. and a long time I think 2007 or 2008 2009 was really the last big bull uh, bear market and so a lot of traders these days they don't they don't know how to trade in a bear market they don't know how bear market acts they're used to VIX going up when the market goes down well, one of the things NASDAQ, hey, here's my cat, Charlie's oh, making an appearance. Oh, say hi to the cat, everybody. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he always, I think he comes around because he thinks I'm talking to him. He can't oh, see yeah. any of you guys. So uh, he thinks I'm just like talking that. to him. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So Charlie's my trading buddy. Um, yeah. So um, where was I? So it, they just say that the, well, the, in a bear market, volatility is usually suppressed. Like the VIX doesn't react like it does in a bull market yeah. where you get these big spikes in VIX. So they they think that the suppression of the VIX volatility and the the expansion of intraday volatility is just purely a function of a bear market. And this is according to NASDAQ. And uh, it was the head of the options trading group there and the head of retail options trading that, that they gave a seminar on this. So this was notes from their seminar. And so, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, did you were trading? I have a lot of questions about that. And if you guys, just side note, if you have any questions, Tammy, I don't know if you can see this yeah. or not, but there's, um, a, there's a chat. There's a chat. If you click on the cigar lounge there next okay, to the Okay, I cover, see. Yeah, yeah, I see it can, over here. So if anybody has a question, feel free to just answer. I'll I'll, I'll stop and ask it for them. But uh, one of the things that's I want to circle back around to that those CBOE meetings you guys are having because it's super interesting to me. The to back up for the what you were doing. You know, I was introduced to you when you were doing. Um, and forgive me, I don't remember the exact mechanics of it, but uh around 2018 2017 what was uh -huh. that trade trade setup that was the seven days to expiration trade okay. we, we we'd enter a uh, short puts or put spread every friday every friday okay. afternoon we'd sell a put spread and i think we were doing delta five if i remember right maybe delta 10 i i'm not exactly sure but yeah sure. we did that for a long time david son and i were doing that and okay. he wasn't using stops before I did the investigation on stops. So wow. I was the one that taught him how to use oh, stops. There you go. I love it. And, and and he was reluctant too. He 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 uh is is very opinionated about his trading. <laughs> and 
sometimes he's not so open-minded, but he did listen to that. So that's what well, he gets a lot of. What's funny about that is he gets a lot of crap now for using stops. So he's now the defender, ah, <laughs> the ah. defender of stops in some ways. Yeah, but, yeah. What? Well, so there was around that time, and it, it might have been a little bit later than the. You were doing a, a zero-day trade, and it, you're doing it, I believe, first thing in the morning or around yeah. first thing in the morning. That was, was kind of the next step. Was okay. um, I was selling iron condors right at the open, uh, Delta 5, somewhere between Delta 5, Delta 10. And I did that for uh, uh, several years. And then uh, I see someone, when can we invest in the TAMI Zero DTE fund? I will never have a hedge fund. I just, I would feel too responsible. So I, I just can't Mr. do it. I believe that's Mr. Ben Decker. And that's a great, uh, <laughs> uh, I always, I mean, this is the joke of cigar lounges. I wait 30 minutes in to do this disclaimer, but uh, for everybody listening, yeah, there you go. Risk. they're not suitable for all investors. Uh, everything we're talking about is backward looking and not forward looking. As always, consult with your financial advisor. Uh, if you have any questions about options, this is not investment advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Ben Decker, for, for telling us. That, for that. reminding us. No, that's right. So, anyways, you, you continue. Yeah. So, so the evolution. Um, so started with seven DTE, then moved to that zero DTE because just shorter and shorter time frames were becoming more and more profitable. And then I went off on a tangent a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I was giving seminars uh, to various groups. It was during COVID. And prior to COVID, there were a couple of option trading groups in Dallas. And I'd given, you know, half a dozen presentations to them. Every time I came up with a strategy, I'd give a presentation about it to them because it would help me uh, really think through the strategy and codify it enough to be able to explain it through a PowerPoint to somebody. It's great learning experience if you if you haven't given presentations oh, but I, love, I like to do it for that reason and i always try to include something new in any pre presentation i give so i had give presentations on my uh enter the iron condor when vix jumps up you know 10 percent or more i'd given a presentation on that i'd given a presentation on butterflies and uh, given a presentation on the 7dte trades and then when we came up with the the zero DTE trade or enter Delta five. And that, that really was, I learned that from people in the Facebook group. And then I taught David's son, he'll never say that, but he learned from me and uh, he, uh, different topic. But um, then uh, after that, I was giving presenta I giving presentations and COVID hit. And I had, um, you know, people were asking me to come there and give presentations. When COVID hit, uh, all of a sudden people started reaching out on the internet saying, hey, we'll, we want to do a Zoom call with you for our trading group here in Orlando or uh, California or wherever it was. And I gave a number of presentations. Uh, the early one of those was uh, Singapore. And um, a guy had been following me on the Facebook group. And he, uh, so that was one of the first um, uh, presentations over Zoom that I gave was to a group in Singapore. Well, that one on YouTube, that one, I, and I credit the Asian community, yeah. the Asian trading community with this, that one went viral. It was amazing was, to watch. Was uh, that was that wealth and joy? Wealth and joy, yeah. Wealth and joy, yeah. yeah. And yeah. a great guy, Richard. Uh, can't remember his last name, but Richard. Very was, kind. For, yeah. Kind, yes. Uh, yes, he is. And um, great group. And um, and evidently a lot of option traders in Asia that that market reached. Well, that um, yeah, that that wealth and joy is is one that a lot of people. Uh, pick up on or had picked up on in the past and so as soon as I saw how popular that was then as I would evolve my strategy I would put out a new uh, video just to catch people up to what I was trading so I don't put out many videos maybe once every six months or a year on YouTube because I don't want to repeat myself and I just 
I'd rather just put it in one big video, do it all at once, and then it's out there. And people can, I'm, I mean, those are long videos. More power to you for sitting through a three-hour video. But um, it, you know, at least people can jump on, listen to a little bit, then save it, go aside, come back and listen to a little bit more. You don't have to yeah. do it all in, in a one one bunch. But I do try to put everything you need to know about the strategy because I never wanted to be like Optionetics was where, oh, just wait till the next video and I'll teach you how to use stops or, yeah. you know, whatever it was. Right. I didn't, I wanted to put it all out there so you would have a complete strategy that you yeah. could be using. You could trade what I was trading. Well, and you had you had the slideshows and and I do I I've always appreciated about you you don't put a lot of stuff out but it's actually in my mind it benefits everybody because when you do put stuff out it's a consequence and that's yeah. the difference yeah. you're not marketing yourself you know you're not trying yeah, to that's right. just, yeah. so that's awesome anyway I interrupted but. yeah no so anyway I was I started to give some zoom presentations and um, one of the presentations I gave was to a group in Orlando, um, Brian Terry in the options uh, Facebook group. He he connected with me through the Facebook group and said, I run a trading group in Orlando and we need a presenter in whatever it was, October or something. So um, so uh, I, I agreed to do it. I'm always. I, I, I enjoy giving presentations and just sharing what I've learned. And um, so I gave a presentation to him and he contacted me afterwards and said, there's a guy who is a friend of mine who I know from this group. He was a, he wrote programs for traders, for institutional traders on Wall Street. He's retired. He retired to Orlando and he saw your presentation to our group. He wants to contact you. And so, okay, I don't know what where we're going with this, but anyway, he contacted me and he said he had a software that he had developed. And uh, he thought at the time I was doing the zero DTE, enter in the morning, you know, you don't know direction. And, and the way I was trading it was, you kind of wait maybe 15 minutes and see which way the market's going to go. You trade the other side first, enter the other side, then you wait. And then maybe if it starts to turn, then you enter the call side or vice versa. However, you react to what the market's doing. So, you know, it's not quite rules-based. You're, you're reacting to the market. Well, he saw that and he thought his software was very good at selecting telling you more about direction, momentum, and things like that. And he had never, he was using it for, you know, 30-day options or 45-day options. He had never thought about using it for zero-day options. And so uh, he connected with me and he showed me his software and I'm, well, this looks interesting. I'm, I'm not sure because I'm not a big, it was, it was, um, it's like technical analysis, but it did all the work for you. You didn't have to look at, at you know, the moving averages or RSI or whatever and interpret. It kind of interpreted that for you. It took a yeah. lot of information and then put out signals. And so he and I, we experimented with it for a month or two. And it looked very promising. We were we we're kind of doing back testing with it as best we could without, you know, on five minute data, which is what I had at the time. And it it looked good. It looked like it did improve results. And uh, so that was called Pong. And um, and so I went down that rabbit hole for about a year and a half. And uh uh, he just kept changing the program. We got a lot of people in Pong and, you know, I'm, I'm so glad it, it just showed the support of the community to jump on and try it out. But actually when we were live trading it, you know, it, it back tested so well, it just didn't perform as well in live trading. And it took me probably about a year and a half to really admit that and say, you know, I think I'm just not going to use it anymore and go back to doing my thing because yeah. I, I was having much more fun doing my thing than kind of tagging along with what he was doing. 
And and he kept trying to tweak the system. I mean, every week he had changed something and having to learn how to do wow. it again. And, and it just didn't seem to improve things. Everything, it just, it just never, never got to where it was really, I mean, if I had been trading my old zero DTE system, enter Delta five first thing in the morning, I would have done better over those two years that I spent in Pong. So what, what, what do you think? What do you yeah. think that, sorry to interrupt, but I'm just interested because no. you, you, you know, you're so, um, you get so granular with the testing and you do due diligence. What do you think was the difference between when you put it on live? Because that, that kind of gets in some ways to the question of like botting in some ways. Like what, what do mm -hmm. you think the difference was with that between the test and the actuality of it? Now it sounds like yeah, you changed a bunch of stuff. Well, as I think with any uh, technical analysis, most technical analysis is based on what happened in the past. And I think that was the downfall of Pong is it's looking at the past. It was trying to predict the future, but it just wasn't very good at it. And, and, and not enough to really rely on it. And I don't yeah. know in back testing, I don't know if he just changed it so much from those early back tests. I mean, really, I think he was improving it, but it just never even back tested as well with the later mm -hmm. versions. And um, so he kept he kept saying, "Oh, well, we just do this, and uh, we'll just make this, and look at this. There, you can't even find a loser if you use this strategy." Well, we'd look at it, and yeah, there were losers in there. Yeah, we can find losers. And, yeah, we can find losers. <laughs> Yeah. And so it, it, um, yeah, I hate, I hate that all that effort went into that. And, you know, but really I got to know a lot of great people through that experience. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, that joined that and, uh, followed along for a while. And they, I was probably one of the last people to get out. There's still maybe half a dozen people or not, not half a dozen, maybe two dozen people that are still involved with that. So he okay. does have a following. And that's fine. And it's a it's a, a fee service. And that was another thing I felt I had mixed feelings about charging for that. And so I told him I didn't I didn't want to be part of the company. I would I would be part of the group, but I didn't I didn't want to yeah. I didn't want to run a business again. That's for too sure. painful. So for sure. I just was yeah. there for the trading. And yeah. and so I've it was probably about six months ago that I pulled out and just uh, don't attend anymore and um, just started doing my own thing again. And yeah. and then it was about the same time that uh, uh, this multiple entry iron condor yeah. uh, thing came along. I uh, David's son at the time was sharing his trade logs on his hedge fund with me. And I was noticing he was having to do multiple entries just because he couldn't take all his hedge fund money and put it all in the market at the open uh -huh. of the market. And yeah. so he had to do it in tranches and had to enter multiple entries. Well, I noticed that by doing that, he was he was basically spreading his risk out through the day and, mm -hmm. and he would you know, maybe his morning trades that I would enter at the same time, maybe as both got stopped out on those, but some of his later trades would survive. And so he mm. wouldn't have a full loss day. He would have, you know, some partial wins, some partial losses, and, and it just yeah. seemed to mitigate his loss. Well, I like that idea. And then about the same time, I think it was like group think. A lot of other people started doing that as well. And uh, Kyle Leesman is one. A lot of these are people that I met through Pong. Kyle was in Pong, and he was he was developing back testers for us for Pong, specifically yep. for Pong. And, um, and then Dan Yacklin is a friend of mine. He's he runs a trading group in Dallas, and he started doing some uh, investigation on the multiple entry you know, completely separate from me. But the idea of multiple entry on a zero DTE just started bubbling to the surface. A lot of people were working on it. So I can't take credit for uh, initiating that. But, you know, I kind of jumped on the bandwagon early when I saw the benefits of it. 
And so now that's uh, that's really what I'm a proponent of. I, yeah. I, in last May, I put out a video of of you know all of a sudden in this bear market, the zero DTE entering at the in the morning delta five just started not working so well. In in December 2021 and January 2022, I just had hit after hit after hit mm. of loss. And so I stopped thinking something's going on. This, you know, maybe this is the end of this strategy because no strategy is going to work forever. Uh, sure. I think every strategy is dependent on the market that it is created in. And yeah. so if the market changes, you got to, you know, change with the market. So something had changed in the market. And I think it was the increased intraday volatility uh, that was introduced in the market because of the interest rate increases. Inflation was rearing its head because of COVID and supply chain issues and the cost of oil was increasing. Also worsening inflation because of the war in Ukraine. So just a lot of things came into play to cause the intraday volatility. So finding a way to trade that intraday volatility was uh, uh, it, it has led to the MEIC, the multiple entry iron condor trade. So I had I had started talking about it last May in a video, and then I put out a video in January and really went public with it. And I had been trading it for about four or five months at the time and felt like it was good enough. I was seeing great results and it was good enough to let's get this information out there. So uh, that's when I started putting out videos on the multiple entry iron condors. So for those in your group who haven't uh, haven't uh, seen that video or haven't traded multiple entry iron condors, um, uh, go check out that video dated January 16th. That's a that's a good one. It's about a little over an hour long, and uh, it's a good strategy. If someone if someone has that, if someone can pull it up for me, if you if you want to put it in the chat, that way it's here for everybody, and we can yeah, you can sure link. Have some, yeah, if someone wants to do that for me. One of the things that's interesting about that is, um, yeah, people people have adapted to zero day, and I what's interesting, what's what's cool about it is it's only the beginning. Like we're so we're not even a year mm -hmm. into five day a week expirations. Yeah, yeah. And and so there's so many possibilities, and and that's one of the things that I love about you is that you're going to be probably on the forefront of finding some of those possibilities just because you you don't you never stop researching. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I want to get to two. We have two questions here, real quick. Um, with the IC type zero DTE, did you ever look to see which side was getting stopped out more often? I have looked at that, and and I'll say generally, it's pretty equal. I would have suspected mm -hmm. it would be the, you know, the put side in a bear market or the call side in a bull market, yep. but not necessarily. So right. it's fair. It's more even than I would have expected. So that's why I just still am a proponent of ICs. Yeah, because well, you never know what's going to happen, and you're prepared that way for either side. I'll, that video, you know, obviously people can watch the video, but uh, when you're doing, do you stay, is your deltas the same each tranche? No. Mm -mm. Okay. With the multiple entry iron condor, I'm using, I'm credit targeting. So okay. I, I target a minimum of $1.25 to a maximum of around 2 Okay. And uh, so it's anywhere in there. And I will, I generally... Uh, use a 25 wide spread, but I will adjust the width of the spread if I need to, to, to match the credit I got on the other side. So yeah. it's a pretty flexible trade. I have noticed that tighter spreads tend to get stopped out less, that hmm. bringing the long closer to the short does tend to protect you more. So that it's, I've got a whole list. I have a notes to self on backtesting ideas like backtest this and you know uh, one of them was in fact one i just ran yesterday was look at returns on mondays compared to other days because mm -hmm. it just seems like i make most of my money on mondays yeah. yes mondays on the multiple entry on condor they are in general better winning days but not just slightly 
Wednesdays are still good. Fridays are good. Tuesdays are the worst. So hence, it's fine with me to take this Tuesday off and not trade today and, and meet with you guys. And uh, so, <laughs> you know, curiosity fuels a lot of my testing. So, so yes, is there something, what can I do to take advantage of this? And, and that's, it's just a great fuel for, for what I do. Like, like I want to see like running calcs for fees last year, if I traded SPY instead of SPX, mm. what would my fees be? Because yep. it really is irritating that SPX fees are so high. Yeah. And, and uh, man, CBOE is proud of that. And they're not willing to give that up. Unfortunately, we have, we have pushed them. And talking to NASDAQ, what they do is they increase the fee that they charge to institutions in order to provide the no fee for retail traders. So, so I suggested that to CBOE and they go, not going to happen. Because <laughs> yeah. the institutions are complaining that CBOE fees are too high. So I think what's going to happen is there's going to be other products out there that, that like, um, like NDX would be a good one. I mean, it's still controlled by CBOE, but, um, you know, maybe QQQ or RUT, as they come up with zero DTE options, hey, I'll trade RUT. And, you know, yeah. if it was available on zero D DTE trading, that yeah. would be a good alternative to skip the CBOE fees. And then, you know, because that's going to be the next thing is shopping fees for how we can do zero DTE on other instruments. And, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I know, uh, I know NASDAQ and other uh, exchanges are paying attention to how popular the zero DTE uh, options are. So I think we're going to see more uh, zero DTE options. The other, the other thing that's coming up that I'm seeing a lot of and I'm participating in is, is the bots, the automated trading. And I started using, um, I know that Option Alpha has had a trading bot out for a while, but it's not geared towards zero DTE. It's more right. for 30 day options or further out options, just the way it's all set up. Um, uh, Kyle uh, Leesman developed a uh, trade automation toolbox specifically mm -hmm. for multiple entry iron condor. He wanted to trade it and he developed this. He, he works full time. So yeah. he wanted to be able to trade it while he works. So he developed this really for himself. And then he thought, hey, I've got this. Why not make it available? And yeah. so uh, it's amazing that he's, you know, it's amazing to me, like you guys, all these zero DTE traders are developing our own tools because the the institutions aren't doing it for us. No. So we're no. having to do it ourselves. Yeah. And, um, and there's, you know, I really think that options trading attracts a lot of smart people and attracts a lot of programmers and traders. Yes. And so put all our heads together in these Discord groups and Facebook groups. Uh, there's a lot we can do for ourselves. And, well, uh, I think I think that's uh yeah, botting. You know, it's we we definitely get requests to build. Uh, yeah. A bot, and it's something we're definitely aware of, and and. You know, it's a very fun project, a very different project from backward looking things like that. But it, it is a it is something that's definitely on our radar just because it's not going away. And more and more people who have zero day trading who work, you can't monitor your, your trade. all the yeah. time. So um, another question. Uh, so far, a lot of the material you've put out has been focused on credit spreads. Has there been other classes of mechanical strategies you've thought about or would like to research further for future presentations? Hedges, ratio spreads, calendar spreads. You know, I could do that. I have, I, I have given presentations on calendar spreads, and and in fact, I've thought about going back and trading those sometime just to refresh my skills on that. So that's definitely a possibility. Hedges, you know, in my opinion, the zero DTE with the stop are kind of self-hedged, so you don't you don't really need a hedge. Hedges are more for when you've got a longer term strategy on and you need protection. Uh, I've I've used the black swan hedge that Ron Bertino teaches, and I learned it from a friend of mine. 
and that did great in COVID in 2020. I made I made a ton of money on that hedge, but in this market, it wouldn't have done squat because volatility isn't increasing. So you know, hedges. There's a cost with hedges, but you know, yeah, I could I could think about that. Um, you know, I really only want to give. I don't want to give presentations where I don't really know the topic intimately enough yeah. to know what really works and really doesn't work. So, yeah. you know, I could probably do some presentations and give you some general information, but, I, you know, there's a lot of information on hedges and, and other types of trades out there. Um, yeah. I'll do it if I have an interest in it. It supports my trading. I'll be, I'll be very selfish about that. So. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you know, ratio spreads I've done too, and uh, that was the black swan head. Black swan hedge was a ratio spread, so yeah, um, good, you know, I can look into those. I'll I'll add those to my list of things to look into, which is several pages long. It's a, now. it's a good sign when people. It's a good yeah. sign when, teacher, when people say, "Will you teach us more things?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a shout out to you. All right, I've got I've kept you for an hour, and you're awesome, and you're sweet. I definitely want to have you back on to talk about botting because I think yeah. you're very knowledgeable about that, and and it's like we said, it's definitely something that Option Omega is paying attention to. But uh, two more questions. First off, what um, what is it like to be a Facebook moderator in a large group? Because I can't imagine you and Ben Decker and all that. What you guys, some of the crazy stuff you guys probably have seen. Yeah, through yeah. the years, and so I just wanted to ask you that. It's interesting. Um, it it is somewhat challenging at times. You know, I I feel like uh, being a principal in an architectural firm and dealing with HR issues was great training for being a moderator in a Facebook group. And you know, because everybody's complaining about something, or everybody's complaining about you know that guy over there, he's bugging me. And you know, learning how to deal with those situations. So uh, it's great training. I kind of enjoy it, um, and because of that, it's challenging to me to uh, find a way to respectfully deal with people's differences, allow them their opinions. You know, don't squash the the discussion. Just guide the discussion so it's more productive. And yeah. that's my goal as a moderator. And and I think there's there's other moderators in our group who they're they're very good at, at picking out the conflicts. And then we have a we have a messaging group among the moderators and we'll we'll make a copy of some statement somebody made or some post somebody made and say, Hey, is this a problem or is this okay? And we get others ideas and opinions and like most of the time I'm like, nah, it doesn't bother me. And other people, man, that bothers the heck out of me. Let's think yeah, about it. Yeah. And, um, so we will. The the one thing that will get you kicked out is is trying to sell something. And you know, if you're just coming to spam us, you just immediately get kicked mm -hmm. out. And there's there is so much of that. We try to we try to filter that out in the the questions that we ask yeah. when people join. But then the, I think the bots figure out that answers oh, yeah. that'll work oh, yeah. in those questions. And then you start seeing a bunch of the same responses. Well, I know that's yeah. a bot. So even though it's a logical answer, just because I've seen that five times, that particular answer, I know it's a bot yeah. and you don't get in the group. It's, a, it's, like, a, being, it's like a weird mix. Probably we're being more selective in, in people we're letting in the group now and uh causing less uh conflicts once you're in the group yeah but. it's a weird it's a weird mix of like uh of like trying to like fend off sharks while teaching kindergarten <laughs> you know, yeah. that's right. children behave someone just said they lost your audio i just want to make sure can everybody hear still hear tammy yeah okay. I, okay. yeah can yeah, you okay. hear it okay yeah, last last question. I ask, I try to ask everybody this. Uh, sometimes I forget, but what is your favorite Greek? My favorite Greek is Theta, of course. I knew, I knew it. Yeah, knew yeah, it. Theta. Yeah. Love that decay where you don't have to do a thing and you're making money. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I've always told when I was describing iron flies to someone before butterflies and say, well, I particularly iron flies. And they were like, 
they're new to options and they said, what, what are you trying to like, what, what's the optimal goal? The optimal goals were everybody in the market is scared and nothing is happening. That's what you want. Like, yeah. Tammy, you have been mm -hmm. awesome. I appreciate you. Everybody say hi to say bye to Tammy. You, I appreciate, yeah. you know, just a shout out. You, you, you have been so kind to us and you're so knowledgeable and those things don't always go together. So I appreciate well, you and I appreciate what you do. And thank um, you so much. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely a friend over here. So anytime you want to come over and talk back testing, you do that anytime you want. Okay, I will. Yeah. So uh, all right, everybody. And with that, the last uh, thanks thing again. Say, yeah, thank you, Tammy. The last thing, as I say, is Thursday we're gonna have a cigar lounge at 1 p.m. Eastern, and it's gonna be uh, me, Rusty, oh. and yeah. <laughs> me, Rusty. And cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to get a cigar for the cigar lounge. Me, Rusty, and Matt are gonna be on the cigar lounge. I will probably be the only one smoking, although. Rusty has a pipe now, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but anyway, guys, we'll see you Thursday at 1. Tammy, again, thank you, and we will talk soon. Anytime. Okay, thanks.